Okay, let's get started. Today is going to be a bit different. Um, uh, we were doing resurrection stories for uh, about three weeks, but this particular topic that I'm covering today called Making It Through Without Losing My Mind and Friends, um, is a, it's been kind of percolating in my, in my mind. Uh, it was triggered by um, a post I heard uh, or read, um, and then uh, another interview that I listened to between some medical professionals uh, of how to navigate through some of the stress during our COVID time. And uh, I thought, I want to talk about this. Like, yes, we talk about the Bible and, and God and, and you know, a better perspective of how to view our, the Trinity, ourselves, all that stuff. And that's important. But sometimes we don't get into the, the practical, what's going on today, like right now, mindset. So I'd like to do that today. And it just so happened that Henry Nouwen had sent a devotional out uh, that, Man, there's no better start to this discussion than what I'm about to share with you now. So let's dig into um, uh, this title. Call, it's called Solitude Creates Space for God by Henry Nouwen. Listen real carefully. This is a, a really, really important uh, number of slides I'm going to read to you. I think, I think you'll appreciate it. To live a Christian life means to live in the world without being of it. It is, the, it is in solitude that this inner freedom can grow. Jesus went to a lonely place to pray, that is, to grow in the awareness that all the power he had was given to him, that all the words he spoke came from his Father, and that all the works he did were not really his, but the works of the one who had sent him. In the lonely place, Jesus was made free to fail. That's right. A life without a lonely place, that is, a life without a quiet center, easily becomes destructive. When we cling to the results of our actions as our only way of self-identification, then we become possessive and defensive and tend to look at our fellow human beings more as enemies to be kept at a distance than as friends with whom we share the gifts of life. In solitude, we can slowly unmask the illusion of our possessiveness and discover in the center of our own self that we are not what we can conquer, but what is given to us. In solitude, we can listen to the voice of him who spoke to us before we could speak a word, who healed us, before we, we could make a gesture to help, who set us free long before we could free others, and who loved us long before we could give love to anyone. It is in this solitude that we discover that being is more important than having, and that we are worth more than the results of our efforts. In solitude, we discover that our life is not a possession to be defended, but a gift to be shared. It is there we recognize that the healing words we speak are not just our own, but are given to us. That the love we can express is part of a greater love, and the new life we bring forth is not a property to cling to, but a gift to be received. Whew. You may have to rewind that later and, and, and uh, 
uh, read that again. That was that's important because what I'm trying to deal with today is this idea of um, who are we in the middle of this of this crisis, this climate, um, our attitudes, what are they like, and boy, it's scary. So I, I hope this short devotional from Henry Nowen kind of hit your heart like it did in mine. I loved it. It was great. Well, at this point, I want to I want to tell you what sparked a um, a really important conversation. Um, I want to read to you a document that um, was posted, and I'm just going to open it up and put it on my thingy here. Hold on. Oops, didn't work. Hang on. All right. Let me just go like this. I'm not going to share this with you. Like I'm not going to put it on the screen. I'm just going to read it for you. So here we go. So here's what happened. So Kate Chance, um, Kate and Mike uh, were a very, very big part of Hope Fellowship, uh, involved in music and uh, life. Uh, their kids were here. Um, so we miss you guys if you're watching. Um, but she had uh, shared this post on her Facebook page. And so I read it. And I think, no, Laura, my wife, Lori, she found it and said, hey, Mike, you got to read that. I had seen it, but I never read it. And then when Lori told me to go read it just in case, Went, oh my goodness, this was really, really good. So I'd like to read it in an edited format. Now, keep in mind, the person who wrote this, they have zero connection to do with the church. This has nothing to do with faith or religion, and yet it's about being human. So uh, it's a restaurant owner. That's who wrote this. So he's writing in response to um, stuff that he's seeing. It'll make sense as I read it to you. So this is the edited version of it. Um, some are mad at those for staying quiet and some are expecting more fight uh, to, and shouting us for everyone to be louder. Um, here's the issue. Being loud and being constructive are two different things. And you know what? Some of us are being way too loud right now. COVID is real. If you think COVID's a hoax, I cannot help you. However, I do think the government has failed in many aspects. Yes, but do I think I could have done a better job? Could you? Knowing that we know what we know now, we could all have done a perfect, sorry, um, knowing what we know now, we could all have done a perfect job. And with hindsight as our main source of information, yes, we should have done things differently. But that's not the way it is. But do you know what I hate the most? Do you know what keeps me up at night more than the lockdowns, more than any of it? I hate the fact that we cannot be kind to each other anymore. I hate the fact that there are two different sides to how COVID affects us and we can't listen to each other. Between masks, vaccines, the economy, healthcare, Doug Ford, etc., etc., we have forgotten that we are supposed to be together as one team. My wife disagrees with me all the time. It doesn't mean I do not respect her. In fact, I respect her more because she believes in something, even if I don't agree. Her and I are still a team. Here's the thing. All of us are a team too. We are all on the same team, but we have forgotten to do, what we have forgotten to do is dance, do this dance called life together. Imagine if we could accomplish what we could accomplish if we all work together. We are dancing to different beats. And as a big family all trying to accomplish the same thing, we are failing. I can honestly say, I have never met so many rude, condescending, horrible people as I have since COVID started. 
We don't care how you treat. We don't care. This is the owners. We don't care how you treat us, but we care how you treat our employees. And some people have been so awful. It has actually made me question our collective sanity. And I have absolutely zero problem asking rude people to leave anymore. I'm going to challenge you to something right now. Every time you feel like being a jerk to a worker in a restaurant or a retail store, I want you to picture your own child standing there. And how would you want them to be treated as they are working to serve you in the middle of a pandemic? Picture that employee as your child. Imagine that man, woman, boy, or child as someone doing the best they can, just trying to make a living, handcuffed by rules they didn't create and keep changing week to week. Imagine how hard you fight for your kids and try to make them happy, healthy, and comfortable. Imagine how they would feel when they go home and they have to think about how they were treated and have to deal with the shame that comes with that. Would you want that for your kids? He writes, I'm so friggin' proud of my employees and how they have handled this past year. It makes me tear up sometimes. And I know Will is too. It's the other employee, the owner. I'm not going to get into my views on politics. It isn't important right now. This pandemic, aside from all the bull, you read online is almost over but what will be left when we are through this will we still be arguing about whether masks work will anti-vaxxers and pro-vaxxing people be able to put their differences aside i could care less what you believe but i want you on my team when this is over i want you to want to be on my team too let's start dancing together again we can do this but if we don't start now then when this is our chance to stand over, sorry, our chance to start over together. Love to all. And this is from the Stillwater's Plate and Pour restaurant in Paris, Ontario. Hoo-wee! That one really got me going because um, they expressed very well, very effectively, the frustration that many of us have. Uh, I think the messaging is very difficult and... We're having a hard time communicating with one another. Another uh, group of doctors and health professionals that I listened to spoke about um, the importance of, because uh, somebody asked them, what do we do with conspiracy theory people? And uh, um, the, the, the key word here was, don't lose your family members through this because of that. Find a way to not make a, a fight over some of the differences. Find a way through. Find your own peace and patience. And that was good news. That was good advice. So today, what I would like to do is kind of walk through some things. We are trying to navigate relationships at home and at work from the place of what it was, what it was like pre-pandemic. If you don't know this, you're going to keep butting your head against the wall. You're, you're, you're expecting people to act and respond the exact same way as pre-pandemic times. It's just not the case. So what I'd like to do is frame two pictures for you. One, to remind you of what it was like pre-pandemic. You may not even be aware of it because we, we're not consciously aware of a lot of things. So I'm going to rip through this. It's going to be really fast. I might even throw a Bible verse in there. <laughs> I'm hoping to at the end. There's, there's a lot I've got to cover quickly. But I think it's important. I think it's important that we pause 
hit the pause button and ponder uh, some deeper things. And I hope this list will really create um, an understanding in all of us for one another and to one another and for ourselves. So here we go. The pre-pandemic sort of normal life. Ha, ha, ha. Well, one of the first things is we knew the routines of the day in the month. We never thought much about them. We knew uh, we went to work, school, whatever. The sports, blah, blah, blah. As the seasons changed, we knew what was going on. That's, that was pre-pandemic. Um, we assumed how people would respond to us at any given moment. Um, we say, hey, how you doing? We go over, shake hands, uh, all that stuff. No problem. Um, we had shortcut phrases that everyone responded to. Communication was simpler. And I'll explain the difference later in the next set of what has changed. Um, there were many things we agreed on. The disagreements were already clear. No energy was spent on those topics. So there was a lot more um, relational understanding uh, of what we, uh, what we believed and agreed, whether it's theological, political, whatever. We knew the boundaries of each person, our friends groups. <clears throat> that changed. <laughs> um, future plans were more predictable. We could plan for next week, next month, next year. We, we really could. It was easy. It just was not an added stress. Unresolved issues were loosely controlled, and, and we will deal with it later, whispers into the back of your mind. So uh, I'm talking about uh, relational stress. Things were not worked out, personal problems, uh, um, that kind of thing. Um, financial stress in the economy was not as much of a threat. It was still navigatable and we weren't sure. Um, but, but pre-pandemic, we did not see it coming as what, as what happened next. Um, we only heard from political leaders occasionally, and I'll explain why that is a big, big deal uh, of adding to our stress. So now in the pandemic, what are the contributing factors to the stress and anxiety and emotional exhaustion we are facing or experiencing? And I want to now compare with what we just read. I want to show you why we are wrestling with so much stress. And I think you're going to start to see a pattern. And hopefully you may find your own flaws in this, as in where you may, okay, you're blindside. You're, you're out of the mirror where you can't see the other car coming. Um, if you can see one or two in this list and may it then bring you more patience for someone else, then this whole message is, is worth it. Every, every bit of time preparing for it and sharing it with you. So here, here's some reminders of what we're going through now. And again, you may not be fully aware consciously of some of the changes that have happened because some have just slowly built and crept in and you don't even know what's happening to you. It's like the boiling a, a frog in a kettle, uh, very much like that. Uh, not that I do that. Okay, number one, we have never experienced a world pandemic like this before, as in you and I, the living. All right. There are those that are older than us that uh, may have seen other pandemics and wars. OK, they, they have. But this generation, the current generation, has never experienced anything like this before. And I think it I think for some people it can't be true. It can't be real. Not really. It's only in the movies. All right. Next, at the beginning, it was almost kind of novel. It was new and almost sort of exciting. Um, ooh, look at all the stuff I get to do. I'm gonna, um, we're gonna be in lockdown for two weeks. Think of all the things, the projects I'll get done. <laughs> well, again, I'm reminding you of what has happened and what's building up to this anxiety and stress. So at the beginning was still new. 
um, new disagreements started to rouse up between friends and coworkers. Now we're starting to hear varied opinions. People are becoming more vocal about what they say, uh, sorry, what they believe. Um, and unfortunately, all the topics were getting, um, uh, they, they were clouded, okay? There's sometimes um, when you talk about one topic, let's say vaccines, suddenly you talk about masking, then you talk about distancing, and it all gets mixed in, and the disagreements start to really start to rise, and it's happening right now. New routines. Oh my goodness, this is a hard one. Do you realize that everyone's routines had to change? Every schedule and routine has been affected. Um, from some people going to work, having to stay home, students not going to physically go to school and now have to stay home, the learning adjustment to go online, uh, the, the, the computer learning curves for all professionals, for teachers that aren't used to it. Um, I remember Pastor Hans here at the Lutheran Church, you know, having to navigate uh, live streaming. How do we do this? Me having to learn how to do all this stuff and then using the software that we're using right now. I'm using OBS uh, and trying to navigate that and I've kind of got to figure it out but what a long long time um, meeting with people on Sunday mornings we used to have everybody come in do our big hellos and it was really fun but now we don't see each other now we have to be more intentional the routines change constantly and, and it's been hard uh, family routines uh, work routines oh my goodness everything has changed uh, new learning curves. Yeah, I just kind of already alluded to that. So the learning curves of not just from your work having to shift, but also the guidelines being handed down and the new changes almost week to week. Uh, I work in long-term care and almost weekly a new memo comes from the Ministry of Health. Here, you need to adjust this. Oh, now we have more new information. Um, boom, this now changes. How you screen people coming in. All, all these changes are constant. Restaurants, oh my goodness, hair cutters. They, all the rules they have to change and, and adjust. Like, it is crazy. Like, we, Rod Sider, he, he sells cars uh, at, in, in Guelph. If you need a good car, he's, he's your guy. Um, but for him, the changes that have been stressful in the facility, how you show a car to somebody, um, uh, the paperwork having to be filled out, the new information you need from people for contact. Oh, my goodness. The nightmarish, in, insane learning curves. Like everyone's affected. New energy spent on all the new learning, wearing down from the routines. That's right. Do you realize how much energy we spend and have spent on all these changes okay like this is this is not normal this is significant and if you don't know this is happening to you or to others around you and you're treating them just like pre-pandemic then you're in and, and now you're wondering why they're not responding the same way anymore this is part of the problem we have far more time to think, ponder, and not able to talk things out like we used to be used to be able to. This this is another one. Some folks have way too much time to think, and if you're an overthinker, you're already in trouble. But when we're not doing the routines that we were used to, and then having to be forced to stop and think, sometimes we can actually create more anxiety for ourselves. And unfortunately, here's the, here's the high cost of this. Um, if you haven't seen somebody for three or four months and you've been pondering and making some life changes and suddenly they meet you or you talk to them and you have not caught them up, whereas 
pre-pandemic, you would have just been connected and they would see the changes with you. And now you're blindsiding them with a new change? We need some understanding here from both sides uh, to people's changes. We don't know where people stand on certain topics. Their responses are surprising us. So pre-pandemic, we kind of knew where everyone was. There were certain acceptable topics and unacceptable topics. But now we're becoming very vocal about what we believe. We're becoming passionate about it. And this weird feeling that we must say it or express it to speak up. Well, that's not always true. Um, but this is, this is part of the added contributing factors to the stress going on around us. Shortcut phrases don't work. We now need to explain, define uh, what we mean. Making any communication uh, takes longer. Patience is being worn thin. Now, the phrases that I'm talking about are just the um, terminology uh, that we have used. Um, and as the world changes, terminology changes. And so medical definitions change. Uh, biblical okay i'm thinking of the in the christian world some of those phrases the christianese language phrases that w people used to understand well they've lost a lot of their luster and and now they're being called into question this is a really really big deal uh, new divisions are created between family members good friends and even in the church um i uh, even on our church board here for Hope Fellowship's leadership team, uh, we have definitely varied opinions on many topics and we're allowed to ex express them because we're talking, we actually, in my mind, we speak to the issue and not to the person. So the issues on the table, we talk to the issue uh, and that way there isn't an offense taken. And yet hearing the different perspectives suddenly reshapes our individual perspectives a little bit creating understanding where someone else is coming from and because we care we don't want to have a a loose cannon response all right so again lots of new divisions and if you don't realize it's happening and you're going on like it was last year or year before then you're blind you're just flat out blind and you need to grow up and take responsibility for the change in you and in others um and and make adjust i, I really think so um and now and during the pandemic living with uncertainty is very draining you only have i use the term bandwidth i only have so much bandwidth in the day uh, it's the internet and how much uh, speed can or data can come in or out whatever uh, and sometimes we're maxed out we're just flat out maxed out we can't handle another added stress and somebody says a word and boom we're triggered don't you mention that word anymore yeah even a good friend of mine said that don't ah because it is emotionally triggering these are difficult times worry about loved ones those with anxiety those in crisis increases personal stress like if you're a parent, clearly we, we worry about our kids. I think I talked about this one in just a moment. I'm not sure. Um, but we worry about our loved ones, our siblings, our, our parents, uh, our spouses. Um, these are real things. Now, we really guess we thought about this before, but now it's heightened even more. Adding all these things I just mentioned. You just This is becoming a very thick stew, okay? Unresolved issues. This, I think, is one of the biggest ones. I think this is the, one of the greatest contributing factors to the stress that we're all going through. Unresolved issues are magnified. Now they're real issues. There's no more hiding. So it, it increases family and relational stress. So if you've had um, uh, sibling trouble, 
Uh, now it's even worse. If you had marriage trouble, oh boy, um, no more hiding, no more finding ways to skirt around. You got to face these things head on, and it's not going well for everybody. Uh, and some people are forced to talk more and work it through. Uh, I'm hearing both sides of the story. So remember, if if people are heightened in their anxiety because now not only is the stress of our pandemic getting them, but now they got the relational stresses going on. It's huge. Oh my goodness. Financial insecurity significantly affecting mental health. This is a hard one. I know uh, financial difficulty is difficult at any time, pre or post or middle of pandemic, but the pandemic has created, uh, adding all these things I'm covering now, you now throw on even more difficulty Again, you only have so much, so much bandwidth, and you're, you don't want to lose it. That, that's why I'm, I want to make it through here without losing my mind. And that's why I want to address all this. Parents are trying to protect their families from unnecessary stress, but here it is. The kids feel it anyway. Kids feel your vibration. They know when mom and dad are mad at each other or in tension. They, they feel it. You can't hide it. So there, there's more work now of trying to bring peace to our kids politicians here it is this is important you may not realize you got hit with this listen to this 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 when i thought of this one i went oh my goodness this is a very big contributing factor so now since the pandemic began the politicians spoke daily fueling the pattern of listening to and watching news much more than we ever have at the beginning there was something new all the time oh i don't want to miss what's coming new oh, oh we pause everything we're doing every routine is paused um or we watch it later because it's recorded and we're just sucked in to info 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 it's exhausting we didn't do that pre-pandemic if it was important we'd hear about it but now we've been programmed through the pandemic and not only okay here here it is you even have the provincial and then you have the federal and then your different locations the cities the health all these departments all want airtime it's exhausting okay nobody can possibly keep up oh my goodness faulty and incomplete messaging from media and politicians have respun and then respun by media based on interviewers or network opinion creating a, a greater questions and much greater fears so i think one of the problems has been the messaging from media from the government uh, how it's spun and it's hard to navigate it really is um, fear sells fear sells and unfortunately uh, it, it's hard to navigate through this one so know that this is going on behind the scenes too and then for those with faith religious doctrines with a particular perspective fueled by tradition fear being the main fuel as in end times religious rights you name it pick your topic those who never questioned those doctrines are now forced to choose quickly and make sure you're in the right group. And some in that group, uh, they call it the wrong group as inferior or flat out wrong. So now we have new theological fights going on. I've been caught in a few of those myself. This is, I'm speaking to me here. This is, this is a contributing factor to stress. I've had more calls and conversations with folks uh, in Hope Fellowship and those that I'm connected to about theology, about where's God in this? Uh, is the mark of the beast really coming? Uh, what do we need to be afraid of? Blah, blah, blah. Oh my goodness. And I have to be careful. Here's the one of the hardest parts for me was to, was to totally stay away from medical advice. 
totally stay away from it. Why? I am not a doctor. Since I am not a doctor, I should not be promoting anything medical. Really? Yeah, but I've studied and looked at all this. Are you the professional? I don't think I don't think there's room for that. I think we have to be super, super careful, especially in the church world. We should stick to the message of grace, hope, and love. There's enough people messaging other things. I think that's that's a really big deal. Why are these two lists important? Understanding pre-pandemic and post, here it is. To make us aware of others' needs and circumstances and not be so self-centered. Oh yeah, when we start to see these contributing factors, maybe gives us more grace for someone else going through a difficult time. Maybe this gives us um, uh, a care and compassion for those that are going through difficult things. Uh, it's This is to promote compassion for ourselves and others. Sometimes we can have compassion for others, but we don't give ourselves compassion because we're carrying all the stress. Well, maybe you can release some of that. Maybe you're carrying too much, most likely. And to promote introspection that can lead to repentance and restored relationships. If we can see these lists for what they are, they are not who we are. They are not part of our true spiritual identity, okay? They are contributing factors of this world, the world we live in. And we're called to live differently than, than the systems of this world, the patterns of this world. We've, been, we've had new patterns instilled on us, and we can find hope in it. I hope that it's like this, this little doohickey thingy. Um, um, our thinking needs a tune-up. But this little box here that I'm showing you, this is a tool that mechanics use. They plug it into the bottom of the car, like in the, under the dash, and it can read all the faults and programs and problems. It can tell you if, if something's going to be going, if a sensor's down, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's, here's the deal. We go to dentists for checkups, and it, they're able to clean in areas we can't reach. We go to the doctor for checkups to address areas of health we are not aware of. We go to the mechanic to make sure our car is reliable and addresses problems we're not aware of. The same principles apply for our mind. Counselors, psychologists, uh, psychotherapists, social workers, etc. They are critically important. There's great value in this, and I don't, I'm not going to have time to get to my advice list today. Uh, but sound wisdom is also found throughout the scriptures to help guide us so that we are focused on those things we have been designed to focus on. Do you know that? You've been designed to focus on a certain thing because it's good for your body. It's like putting gasoline in a car. Uh, if, you, if you put diesel in, you're in deep trouble. If you put uh, uh, milk in it, you're in even more trouble. If you put water in your gas tank, you're in trouble. It's designed to run on gasoline. And listen, we have been created a certain way. And God has designed us to think a certain way and to act a certain way for our benefit. And there's great benefits to it. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. This to me is the most foundational hope we can have. Finding hope in this trouble. That Christ is in us. We are not alone regardless of all the contributing factors. The contributing factors do not define our identity. 
And now we need to look for ways to pursue better responses, better thinking. Uh, I'm going to end with this verse from Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Be cheerful and joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in some relationships. Oh, no, it says all, every, every relationship. For our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. When you focus on problems, you'll have more problems. When you focus on possibilities, you'll have more opportunities. What you focus on is what you will see. Really important truth. So much of our happiness depends on how we choose to look at the world or our circumstances. Absolutely true. Really important picture. That's it for today, folks. Uh, part two, we're going to come back and revisit that Philippians text next, next week. Um, and we're going to use that as a launching pad for what we're going to cover next week. So next week we're going to do part two. It's only a two-part series because Mother's Day is coming up. And uh, anyway, I, I hope that uh, this will be encouraging. I hope this morning was encouraging. I know there wasn't a lot of um, spiritual advice and under, you know pulling apart scriptures and looking, but these are the things we as humans made in the image of Christ are facing and dealing with. And we're not alone. All of us are walking through the same storm. Some are in different kind of vehicles or in whatever, or different houses, some small, some big, some intense. Some have no home. Uh, this is not easy. But if what I've just shared with you would expand your mind to become more compassionate to one another, to be more compassionate with yourself, to give yourself a break, um, to reduce your expectations so you're not living this life that you cannot meet those expectations seriously this is where we're called to focus on christ and that's why i ended with that really incredible verse let me pray for you heavenly father this morning i pray for all those listening and watching that you will be their peace in this storm that when the waves come crashing in you are the one who holds us tight you are our cornerstone this is your world so we pray, Lord, that uh, you'll just draw us closer to you in our thinking and in our experiences. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you for taking time to join me today, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. I, uh, I'm looking forward to also doing our, our after-church Zoom call. Those that uh, would like to continue supporting what we do, yay, thank you. There's the link, email, or go to the website, and you can make a donation there. But in about two minutes, we'll turn on the Zoom chat uh, and uh, message me on Facebook Messenger if, um, 
if it makes any difference um, uh, or if you want to join the Zoom link. That's it. Have a really great day. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching.